Well, good evening, everyone. How you doing? Boy, I can't believe it's actually 2021. Happy New Year to everyone. I uh, hope you guys had a great holiday, great Christmas, great New Year, great whatever it is you celebrate. But uh, we had a great time here, very relaxing, which was nice and uh, was I was really looking forward to. Um, I hope I still remember how to do all this stuff. It's been two weeks. The last show we did was on December 18th. And um, so I'm a little rusty at all of this. I hope, uh, hope it works out all right, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for joining us. And again, if you're this is your first time here, this is um, um, Photo Mentor TV. We do this every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're, I guess, on the West Coast, that would be 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And if you're in other parts of the world, that would be 0200 Greenwich Mean Time or Universal Coordinated Time, we call it. So anyway, thanks for thanks for joining. If you're watching us on the replay, um, and appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. Uh, if you want to ask questions during the show, you can post a comment. We're on YouTube and on Facebook. On the YouTube channel, you can go. The easiest way to get to it is put in your browser YouTube.photomentor.tv. That'll take you right to the channel. Or if you are on um, Facebook, you can do facebook.photomentor.tv, and that should take you right to the page here. So one of these places you're probably already watching this, so it's kind of redundant just telling you that. I still have a little bit of a cough here tonight, so if I have to mute my mic, I apologize. Don't, uh, don't take it personally. Um, let's see here. The purpose of this show, why I even do this, is uh, really... I, I'm committed to doing educating, uh, encouraging, and mentoring new photographers. I really have a heart for helping new photographers, and I just see so many, so much bad information and wrong information given out. And frankly, a lot of people just aren't willing to help. The, I see them go into these groups and they'll ask questions and they get demeaned and just all kinds of stuff, and it just really makes me mad. So I thought the best way to do this was to be able to communicate directly with you answer, give you a chance to answer your questions, ask your questions directly of me. And um, that way you can get the answers you want. I don't know everything, uh, but I have been doing this a long, long time. And so if I don't know, I can usually point you in the right direction or I can figure it out and uh, get back to you. If you are watching on the uh, replay and uh, you want to uh, submit a question for next week's show or... Um, to just directly, you can, uh, again, I'll put that up one more time. You can send an email to help at photomentor.tv and uh, just put that in there. And that way I'll be able to um, reply directly to you. So anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, what else did I want to tell you guys? Um, a lot going on. I got a lot of plans for 2021. I've already started on them. I think you guys are going to be very, very excited about what, what I'm working on. And um so a couple of things. Number one, if you want to support the, with these efforts, if you find this helpful, I really appreciate there are a couple of simple things. Number one, just share the page. If you're on Facebook, share this to your friends, like the page. And if you're on YouTube, you can do the same thing. Subscribe and share this to somebody else. That makes a big difference. Um, you know, if you uh, let other people aware of what's going on, your friends that are photographers or things like that that want to uh, grow. I don't care even if you're an iPhone photographer. You don't have to be a, 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 a pro photographer aficionado 
and that kind of stuff, or even advanced amateur. I'm really more interested in helping new photographers that are trying to get started and give them a leg up and get them. Really, my goal is to get them to enjoy photography more and um, also get more confidence out of photography. So um, also, now we've been running this a while. I haven't really publicized it, but there's also a photo mentor group that you can join. I don't have the URL here. Um, but um, the group, is, you, if you go to Facebook and you go into the, the, the uh, search section on the left-hand side there and you search groups, just type in photo mentor TV, all one word, and uh, you'll find the group. Now, I'll, let me warn you, this group is a little different than most groups. Um, number one, um, it's, I primarily, it's meant for new photographers, okay? Not that anyone else can't join, that's not the point. But I'm really concerned and I really wanna make sure that the new photographers get the help they want. So if you're an advanced amateur or pro or whatever, and you're just going to go in there and you want to show off about how much you know, that's not going to work. So um, you've got to be in there. You've got to be um, courteous and help people. I want people that are patient and willing to help other photographers. The second thing that's um, why it's different is I'm also posting content in there that I don't post on the photomentor.tv public webpage or Facebook page. So... Um, Maybe posting some new stuff in there, probably hopefully next week. Um, I'm also going to be doing a whole series of tutorials that I've got lined up. Those will only be available in the group. And I'm also going to be doing some interviews with, I know a lot of people in the industry that I think you guys would enjoy talk, listening to and asking questions of. So I'm also going to be doing some interviews. So that Facebook group's a little different than the other Facebook groups that you may be a member of. Um, and if you don't have a problem with that and you really want to learn, then that's a great place. So just go to Photo Mentor TV in the groups, search that on the group section and send in a request, fill out the form, and uh, we'll add you to the list. Okay. Um, again, I already mentioned how you can, how you can ask questions tonight. Tell you again, just put a, a, a Q and uh, maybe a colon or something in front of the question. And it'll show up on my screen. I've already got a couple of questions here. I'm going to take one from my buddy Christian, who happens to be watching tonight. Uh, hey, Christian, nice to uh, have you join us. Um, and uh, I'll take that in a minute. And then we're also tonight, we're doing photo reviews. Now, photo reviews are something that I do the first Friday of the month. Well, last Friday was obviously New Year's. And so I wasn't here. And so I thought, I didn't want to skip this, so I thought, thought what we'd do is we do this this week. So I'm going to do first Friday photo reviews on the second Friday, which is tonight. So we're going to do that a little later in the show. I've got a lot of great submissions. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. And so if you're interested in participating in this in the future, I'll tell you how you can do that. Just um, You can submit those up to three images per month you know, to be reviewed. Um, all the reviews are anonymous, by the way. So I don't put, I mean, I'll know who you are, but I don't put anybody's name or information. In fact, that means you cannot submit a photo with a watermark on it. That will not be allowed. I'm sorry, because I want to keep this anonymous. Now, why is it anonymous? Not because I'm going to be mean or I'm going to tear anybody up, but I want to encourage new photographers to submit their work. And a lot of times, as those of you, you guys know, if you're a new photographer, you're kind of subconscious. And maybe if you're not a new photographer, you're still subconscious about your work. You never think it's good enough. And so it's not good enough to be reviewed. And I want to make sure that you realize that's not the case. 
So you're welcome to submit any kind of work you want. Again, it doesn't matter if it's shot with an iPhone or a smartphone or whatever or, a, you know, Hasselblad. You, you can submit whatever you want. And the way I look at this, these are not photos that I like. I'm not saying, oh, I like this one, I like that one. I may make some of those comments, but I will certainly separate those comments. But the, the idea here is to, to apply the language, the visual language of, of composition to these images and give you, tell you whether they work or not. So, um, you know, whether I like it or not is very subjective, but there's some other rules that we can look at to determine if the images really work and communicate. So that's where the composition comes in. Obviously, I'll look at them on technical um, level as well. And then also subject or what I refer to as storytelling. Does, the, does there a story there? Is it actually something, am I looking at something that is meaningful or has something for me to look at? Or is it just a, you know, picture of a test pattern doesn't really do anything for anybody, right? So it's got to have some meaning behind it or some communicate some kind of emotion to it. So I'll look at that as well. Again, we do this on the live broadcast first Friday this month. We're doing it on the second Friday, of course. Um, and so if you want to submit your photos, please do. I love looking at your work. And um, so email your photo to um, help at photomentor.tv. And in this subject, put the word review. And then that way it'll trigger it and I'll, I'll see it right away and I can filter it out. So anyway, if you have any questions or anything like that, be sure and send that to, uh, an email to that address and I'll be glad to uh, help you with that. So again, that's what we're going to do a little bit later in the show after we get through some of our questions tonight. <laughs> Let's see, what else? Oh, okay. The big news, I think it's big, it's big for me, is that I did a, I did a questionnaire, not a question, I asked a question, what is the number one thing that most, that you will struggle with as a new photographer? And um, actually, I was very surprised. I was very pleased with the replies I got. I have over 470 replies to this. And so I was very, very excited to see the number of people that replied. But I was even more excited to see the kind of problems that you're having difficulty with, you're struggling with. Because I looked at every single one of them and I said, I can help you guys with every one of these things. And so that was very encouraging to me. I just, it makes me, I was really glad to see that because I get encouraged and I want to see you guys grow as photographers and grow your creativity. So this is terrific. So. One of the things on the list, I'd say one of the top three maybe, that you guys mentioned was editing. You said, you know, I have a lot of trouble with editing. And uh, so I thought, well, I've been doing this a long time. I've been, I started with Photoshop 2.5. I won't even, you have to look that up to find out what year that is. It was, I think we still had, you know, coal-powered computers back then. Um. But the, um, it was, and I'll Photoshop um, 2.5 and Lightroom 1.0. So I've been doing this a long time. I teach Lightroom and Photoshop. I'm not an expert. I mean, there's nobody is in these things, but I, I'm pretty good at it. And I do a lot of compositing and work like that. Anyway, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with Lightroom. People hire me um, to come out and look at their Lightroom, fix it, they're missing images help them organize, get a workflow going. So I thought one of the things I could do to help you guys is to put together a live interactive um, workshop for Lightroom. So that's what I'm gonna do. So we're gonna do that this month. 
now it's going to be on the uh what i'm going to do is on the third month or third week of this month which would normally be uh, we do a show on january 29th i'm going to replace that show with the free lightroom workshop now this is a little different so keep in mind now listen up this is important the workshop will not be live on the facebook page you will not be able to access it you will not be able to see it it will it, it, but um it will be at the same time as the normal photo mentor show on the 29th so if you want to be part of this and you want to watch the Lightroom workshop and participate, ask questions, whatever, you have to register because it's going to be somewhere different, not on Facebook. Um, so to get to that, you go to photomentoracademy.com slash Lightroom and just put in your name and your email address and you'll get a, and you'll get a confirmation and I'll send you an email with the link when that's available of uh, how to do that. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to cover a bunch of things, but I think the things to start with, and, you know, again, you guys are going to ask questions. So you can take this in any direction you want. But I, the things I felt that talking to you would be helpful would be, number one, basic interface navigation. How you move around. Here's some things you need to know. Here's what's here. Here's what's there. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because if you have Lightroom, you probably figured most of that out. Second thing is I'm going to really work on how to make your images pop. I kept hearing that a lot from people. They don't understand why their images don't pop and they want to know how to fix that. And I see so many people, um, it's frustrating. I see so many people buying these presets and laying these presets on top of their images, thinking that's going to make it happen. That's going to make them pop. And it doesn't, it just makes them look like somebody else's images. So anyway, I, I'm going to show you how to do that yourself and, um, and really work on your images. The other thing I'm going to talk about is how to add a watermark. I know a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people ask that question. It's very simple in um, Lightroom Classic, which is the version I'm going to be using. I don't, I'm not going to be using CC, Lightroom CC, because I don't know anything about it. I, well, I mean, I've used it a few times, but it's too basic and it doesn't have the features that I need as an editor. The other thing I'm going to show you is some, a couple of time-saving tips on importing. There's a technique that I use of when I import my images, they're already preset based on Lightroom that I've used on these settings so that I don't have to enter them every single time, like sharpening and thing. I call it learning the file. So I set it up for every camera that I own and every camera is different and, and needs different adjustments. But when I import my images, it takes care of that. So I'm gonna teach you how to do that. And then I'm gonna go over a little bit about image management and workflow. I would say that the number one thing that people hire me to do um, is to find their images. They get lost. They can't find them. They get that little exclamation point. Uh, images are missing and they don't understand the catalog. They don't understand how to store their images. That's probably the number one thing I get paid to fix. Um, now I'm not complaining. I get paid really good money to do that, but I'd much rather have you guys understand how that works. So I'm going to go into that and I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how to organize that, a little bit of a workflow and then how to maybe put your files, how to categorize your files and put them on your system. Um, and then the last thing I'll probably talk about, I mean, again, this is only an hour, probably gonna go into, I don't know how much we're gonna be able to cover, um, but is uh, backup storage and just kind of managing your images and that type of stuff. So again, this is your workshop. You can ask whatever you guys want. 
I'll answer as many questions I can. It'll be Friday, January 29th at 9 p.m., but you have to register. It's not going to be on the Facebook page. So now here's something else that I, uh, I'm thinking about this and I thought about this afternoon. I'd already, I've been working on this, this page and this setup. So if you have any problems, please email me, but it's kind of complicated. It's a, it's an involved site, although it doesn't look like it on the outside, but the, um, but I thought, so I made some changes this afternoon and I think that Maybe some of you, like I know Dusty Gray and a number of other people that I've helped. Um, Dusty works. She's an ER nurse. And so she can't make the class, the uh, meetings on Friday or the, the broadcast on Friday. So she watches the replays. Well, I want to get as many people up to speed as possible. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm either going to replay. If you can't make it on Friday, I'm going to either replay it on Saturday or I will do it live again on Saturday, probably at 2 p.m. Eastern time. But it's going to depend on how many people need that. If there, you know, a lot of people don't need the replay or, you know, whatever, then it doesn't make sense. But when you go to register, what you're going to see is there's, I added a checkbox. Hopefully it's going to work. Um, you can check Friday or Saturday of which day is best for you. And uh, again, my goal is to get you guys the information and to help you. So I don't mind being inconvenienced. If I have to do it two days, twice, that's fine. But it will only be done probably this month. I'm not going to repeat it again, um, I don't think. I mean, don't say never. Never say never. But um, so anyway, so Lightroom Workshop, this is going to be a great thing. You guys are going to learn a lot. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. And I think you're going to find it very, very helpful. So go to photomentoracademy.com slash Lightroom. You might have to put a WW. I don't think you have to put a WW in there. Um, but anyway, Lightroom. And um, just, again, it's just first name and um, an email. Put that in there. And then you'll get the information of the day of the um, of the um, workshop. I'll send you a link of where it's going to be once I get that all figured out. Anyway, sorry about that. That's a lot of stuff I know I didn't. But I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm nervous about it, quite honestly. Um, only be, I'm not nervous about Lightroom. I know Lightroom. I don't worry about that part. Uh, I worry about, you know, making sure everything's working right and I can answer your questions and that you guys get at what you need out of it. That's what I, you know, I just want it to be good because, um, so, but if not, I guess we just repeat it. So anyway, I'm not worried about my part. I'm kind of worried about the technology and, uh, just doing a good job. So anyhow. Okay. Um, let's see what else. So I think that's it. Let's take our first question. Um, again, our first question tonight comes from, where did he go here? All right, here we go. My buddy Christian. And Christian says, let's see if I can do this here. There we go. Christian has, a, he also is, if you're a ham radio operator, Christian is a, a fellow ham radio operator, great guy. Um, or ex-broadcaster, has that really nice radio voice kind of thing going. And Christian asks, we should, um, should we always adjust our lighting by using the camera's display over what we see on the external monitor? Okay, great question. It's a little, it's video oriented, but that's okay. I'm a video guy. I don't mind, I can answer any questions you guys have in that regard or not any, but a lot of them. Okay, so here's the deal, Christian. The monitors on the back of the camera are close and the monitors on your TV for a TV suck. 
bottom line. I mean, look, I've got I've got five monitors here. I'm one, two, three, four, you know, five monitors I'm looking at. Some of them are, are close to being the same, but the TV is definitely not. So do not use the TV. What you're going to find is the contrast on the TV is probably going to be too, too much. It's going to look dark um, compared to your other monitor. And the camera monitor or the, the monitor on the back of the camera will look, and this applies by the way, for stills as well. Looking at the back of the camera is not a great way to do it either. So what I recommend in video, there's these, there's scopes that you can use. Now in still photography, we use something called a histogram, which, you know, I should have, I didn't, I should have be able to pull that up and show you what one looks like. Um, a histogram. And a histogram is going to show you whether the thing is exposed properly or not. Let's see if I can pull this out of here. If I, can, I might be able to actually show you this. Yeah, okay. This is, I'm getting ahead of myself here because this is, um, uh, it's not going to show up for some reason. Weird. Um, anyway, the histogram will, um, it's going to give you, on the left-hand side of the histogram, is going to be pure black. Okay, zero. On, and on the far right, it's 255, meaning there's no detail on either side. There's no detail in the blacks and there's no details in the whites. So what you want to do is you want to adjust the cam, the, the setting so that histogram is somewhat in the middle. Now, being that I'm a, I go overboard on almost everything, of course. So what I use to do this, and I just set this up because I've got a bunch of new, you know, new, new setup here I'm using tonight, of course. So they make something called a, um, a chart. And this chart is what I use to set up my colors and to set up my, my white balance. So this, 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 in the middle here, this gray should be about 128. If you want, you can look, get a gray card. Um, and uh, this is a white balance. I don't. I think this is a little lighter, so not 128. But this middle one should be um, one 128 on that on that histogram. So if you take and um, you take that, uh, get a, a gray card, 18% gray card, and hold that up in front of it and take a picture of it, and look at that on the histogram on the back of the camera. That should be right out in the middle, close, very close to being in the middle. Now, if you're talking about color, that's a whole nother ball game and it gets more complicated, but you can still use a card like that to do white balance. And I'll, I can show you how to do that as well. And we can get together and I can fix that for you. But getting the color set is also another big issue. So anyway, I hope that helps. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So Allie asked a question. Let's add, let's have, let's her, add her name. How important is it to commit the photography triangle to memory? Um, what she's talking about is the exposure triangle. Now, I have a real issue with the exposure triangle, quite frankly. I, you know, um, I won't go into too many details. I could go into a rant about shooting on manual. But there's, you can't memorize it, Allie, because it varies. It changes every scene. In fact, that's the funny thing. When I'm on these groups and I see somebody say, they'll see a picture that someone took, and they'll, oh, this is amazing. What were your settings? Well, that's that's an that's like saying, I I don't know, you know, I drove from here to Philadelphia. What gas station did you stop at? It makes no sense. It has it's not it's irrelevant. The settings will not be the same because it's based on the lens, it's based on the light, it's based on a lot of different different items. So here's the point. 
what you want to understand is the relationship between the exposure triangle. And I actually am working, I have a video I've created, a number of you guys I'm sure are watching, I've shared it with, it's not public yet. Uh, it's in an animation and it shows the relationship between exposure and, and the shutter speed and aperture. And I'm going to add ISO to that. But the point is, it's the relationship, not the settings. In other words, so if I have an, if I, here's my, here's, let me get an example. If I have a picture and I, sh and I expose it properly and the camera says, and put it on auto and the camera says, this picture was taken at F8 at 125th of a second at ISO 200. Okay, let's say. Now, those are the settings. If I want to make an adjustment, I say, you know, you do follow these guys that say, oh, you got to do manual. I don't believe in that, but that's a whole nother issue. Let's say aperture priority, doesn't matter. And you want to change the exposure. Let's say you are shooting on manual. You then switch to manual, put in those same settings. If you change one of the settings, you have to change one of the other two. Okay, that's where the triangle part comes in because if you rotate one, one has to change. So, for example, if it's F8 at 125th of a second and I want more depth of field or less depth of field, let's say I want to go from F8 to F16. Okay, I'm going to double the, 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 the exposure or the aperture. That means I have to also double this shutter speed. So if I go to F16 on my camera, that means I have to go down one stop on shutter speed. So if I'm at 125th, it means I have to go down to 160th of a second. That's going to be one stop difference. Otherwise, the picture is going to be one stop underexposed. It'll be too dark. So if I want to keep the same exposure, but I just want to change the aperture, I have to also change the shutter speed or the ISO. Now, I'm not including ISO in this discussion to keep it a little bit simpler, but those three work together. But one of those, if you change one, you have to also change the other. That's why I recommend shooting on aperture priority most of the time. I shoot on aperture priority, and most of the pros, I, fellow pros I know, also shoot on aperture priority. Why? Now, there's times you shoot on manual. Why? Because I'm trying to determine my depth of field. That's my creative tool I want to know about. If I shoot on 2.8, let the camera figure out what the, app, the shutter speed needs to be. Now, I'm going to look at that. If it looks like it's too slow, then I'm going to have to up my ISO. But that's the same thing if you're shooting on manual. But the point is, why, why have to monkey with all three of those? Let the camera pick at least one of those and make that adjustment for me. So aperture priority is what I recommend most of the time, but it's going to depend on this situation. Anyway. Um, I, Allie, I apologize. I hope I didn't go too far off the deep end for you on that. So no, you do. The short answer is no, you don't have to commit it to memory, but you have to understand there's a relationship there, one-to-one -one relationship. If you change one of the settings, you have to change the other settings or let the camera change that settings. Okay, Aaron. Um, Aaron says, let's see what Aaron has to say here. Aaron asked a question. What camera would you recommend for a beginner and what equipment is vital to have? Great question, um, Aaron. Uh, thanks for asking that. Um, well, first of all, the camera is not as important as you might think. I know that we're obsessed with equipment in this business and, and all the manufacturers say you got to have mirrorless or you got to have this or you got to have that. 
And if you and you, I'm sure you've asked this question. If you haven't asked this question in one of the uh, Facebook groups, look out because I can tell you what's going to happen already. I can tell you the recommendations you're going to get you're, uh, and what's going to happen. You're either going to get slammed for asking this question or they're going to say, go to a store and, and talk to them. Anyway, here's the, here's the answer. It depends on what you're going to shoot. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I don't want to get off track, but I'm actually working on a document, a free document on how to buy a camera and it's going to include this, but I keep getting delayed. But anyhow, um, and I want to get to the reviews tonight, but that's okay. Um, so the, 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 the first thing you got to ask yourself is what kind of camera do I need? Meaning what kind of stuff do I shoot? So if you said to me, Hey Lee, I'm, I'm a beginner. I'm looking for a camera. What should I, well, then any camera would work your iPhone. Uh, I, I like the uh, Nikon D 3,500. The other one is the can, if you're a Canon person, you like the Canon, the, uh, um, T seven I is also a great camera or T7, either one of those are pretty comparable. Those are great cameras, you can't go wrong. See, the thing is nowadays the cameras are so good that you could, there are really no bad cameras, only bad photographers, and that's the problem. So anyway, so the second thing you need to look at is your budget, but the, but the thing is, if you went back and you said, oh, okay, well, I'm, I wanna shoot my family portraits, headshots, things like that, then any camera is gonna work. It's, there's really not a criteria, but if you said, oh, I'm a sports photographer or I want to be a sports photographer or my, my son or daughter, whatever, play sports and I want to photograph them. That's a different requirement because then there's some uh, slightly different needs there. For example, you might need a camera with a little bit faster um, frame rate. So instead of three or four or five frames per second, you might need seven or eight or nine frames per second. That would be one thing. You may also need a camera with a little bit better low light performance because, you know, High school sports, these places are played in dungeons. Um, I used to be a, a professional sports photographer. And so if I had to shoot in a, in a gym, these places are dark. They look like they're well lit, but they're not. They're dark. Um, and so a low light camera would be very helpful there. The third thing is I will go back and tell you exactly what I was saying before in that you really should look at the camera. So don't make a decision, but go. It doesn't matter. Find a local camera store, find one in a city you're in or whatever. Go to Best Buy, Walmart even. I mean, they have some cameras there. And what you're looking for is not so much the camera. You want to look at the interface. So look at the Canon for in the Nikon, for example. So look at the Nikon, look how it works, ask some questions about how, how do I set the aperture? How do I set the ISO? Those, um, those kind of things. And get them to show you the, the mechanics or the, the menus of the system and then play with it yourself and get a feel. Does it feel good in your hand? Because this camera is going to be an extension of what you're going to be doing. And then try the other camera, try the Canon, for example, and then see how that feels in your hand. Because what you're going to find is one is going to be a little, appear more intuitive than the other. Um, and so that's the big, that's really the biggest thing. Honestly, you're going to have to live with this camera and you want to make sure you're going to like the way it operates and it's going to look, but as far as the technology, they're all really, really good. Again, it's pretty hard to buy a bad camera nowadays. Um, unless you get a really used, I wouldn't get a, if you get a used one, I wouldn't get one that's more than one or two generations older. And the reason is every, I can tell you every new camera that comes out has two features they always improve on. 
I don't care what camera it is. I don't care if it's a $50,000 camera, medium format camera, or a, a point and shoot, or even a uh, just a DSLR. The first thing you're going to notice is they tend to improve the ISO performance, the low light performance. They work on that. The second thing they typically improve is the focusing. And the third thing, which is somewhat related, is they'll put a faster computer, faster processor in there, which is how they're able to actually get better low light performance. So anyway, um, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. I'll let you guys see what she said. Yes, it was a mess. Yeah, I understand. I can understand the question. I, look, I, I'm in these forums all the time in these Facebook groups, and I try to help and I answer the questions the best I can without, you know, but I see, I go into some of them and um, I'll see that there is a, um, you know, 50 answers to the same question. And it's really, and I hate it because I know you're struggling. I know it's difficult. Believe me. And my joke is it's easier to buy a car than it is a, a camera because it's so hard to find good information. And so, and if you, oh, of course I can tell you what's going to, they'll say, oh, go to YouTube and they'll give you links and that, well, that doesn't help anybody because if you don't know what you're looking for, how do you know what to search for? So anyway, it's, don't get me started on that. So yeah, I can, I can see it was a mess and, I, and I'm sure it, um, it was a, a problem. So, okay. All right. So let's go to another question here. I don't want to take up too much time. We're going to not, um, do our photo reviews. I promise. Look, I don't care how long this takes. If we have to go an hour and a half tonight, we will to do the photo reviews. So don't worry. I'm not going to forget them. And Aaron, by the way, thanks for the question. Great question. I know it sounds simplistic, but it's one that's important to you. I mean, you want to make the right choice. Um, but if you want, send me an email and I'll be glad to give you more information or friend me or check, you know, contact me on Facebook. Uh, Lee Love um, TV is my, um, my, um, name on there and you're welcome to um, friend me or send me a message and I'll be glad to answer it. Okay. So Kai's asking a question. So looking for insight and uh, recommendations on websites, formats, portfolio, final image distribution. That's kind of a tough one um, because again, it depends, but what he's really looking for there is a lot of business stuff. And so the, one of the sites that's become very popular, I got, I haven't, I haven't used it myself. I use um, the two sites, the one, the one site that I use is called um, Squarespace. I really like it. It's well done. I need to redo my website, which of course is common for every photographer, by the way. Um, but, and update it. But the, that one, and then I hear a lot of people talking about Pixie Set. Pixie Set has gotten very popular. It looks like it has a lot of proofing stuff on there. You can have prints done and things like that. But the, the trick is the final distribution is the one that most people um, are, are interested in. So let me just address a couple of the points he brings up. Portfolio, all of them do portfolio. All of them do contact information. Um, the two important things are the about me page, believe it or not, and the, in, the image distribution. Let me tell you about it, a little about the image, about the, fine, the about me page. The biggest mistake new photographers make in the about page is they put on there how passionate they are about, I love photography. I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate about making pictures for you. Well, as a longtime commercial photographer, okay, people don't care if you're passionate. Okay. Passion is only part of it. What they want to know is what are you going to do with that passion? How are you going to deliver or turn that into results to me as a client? 
So it's more than that. So don't just go in there and talk about how I'm passionate. Here. What you have to be able to do is in your about page say, here's what I do for you and here's my clients and here's some of my testimonials for clients that I've worked with. And my job is to solve your problem and to make you the best you can look, that type of thing. Also, don't post your picture with a camera. I mean, everybody's got that stupid picture with their camera, right? Looking like that. Everybody does that. 10, 100,000 photographers on their webpage all have that same picture. Don't do that unless it's a BTS picture, behind the scenes picture. In fact, I think I have one on my webpage um, that is, um, you know, me working with somebody. It's doing a photo shoot or something. I forgot what the situation is, but the point is, that would be okay, but don't show your picture with a camera. It just looks geeky and it doesn't, it's not about that. Let me give you one, I don't mean to get off, off the rails here, but let me give you one point. Photography, our job is not about photography. That's kind of the secret. Like, well, what are you talking about? We take photos. No, I, I understand that. Photography is just the medium which we deliver a service. People hire us for a service. They want to, they hire us to, to do something, to solve a problem for them. Okay. They say, oh no, Lee, that's not, they don't have a problem. They just want pictures of their family. No, there's a problem there or an issue. There's something they want you to solve. They want you to, otherwise they could do the same thing with a friend and an iPhone. So it's not your camera. It's not anything else. It's that they want somebody that's going to make them look good that knows what they're doing. And I'm not saying you got to be a super expert, but that can make them look good and give them the best images. And so it's a service. The other thing I'll point out is, think about this. Uh, I'm, okay, let's say you got a family, mother, two kids, and a, and a husband, all right? Think about this for a second. The wife typically, okay, I don't mean to sexist, but this is typically the way it works. Nothing wrong with this. It could be the other way around. Um, wife gets made up, has her hair done maybe, puts, you know, has, picks out the right dress, puts on her makeup, picks out the clothes for the kids. Once the kids gets the kids dress, maybe, maybe the husband helps get the kids dressed, probably picks out the husband's clothes maybe as well, and then gets everybody in the car to go down and do this photo shoot, okay? Now to you, it's like, okay, it's an hour, it's whatever you're charging for your photo shoot. It may not be a big deal, but to them, it's a big deal. They're going through a lot of work to get, to hire you and to go out there and to get these pictures. The husband doesn't want to be there, the kids don't want to be there. The kids are maybe going in a hundred directions at once. And the husband's like, oh, can we just, can we just get done and be quick about it. The husband doesn't want to do it most of the time. Okay. I'm, I'm picking on my own gender there. I get it. Um, and so your job is to make that a smooth process, make that enjoyable, make it fun, make it an experience. You want them to, they're going to remember the pictures. That's fine. But what they're really going to remember is the time they spent with you. Like, oh, you know, that, that Aaron, she was great to work with. She was great. She took care of us. She followed up. She contacted us. She sent us a handwritten note, um, thanking us for the work, you know, thanking for working with us. The pictures were great, blah, blah, blah. Anybody can take great pictures. I know that sounds silly. That's not what you're providing. You're providing a service. So focus on the service you're providing not the photos. Anyway, I don't mean to go off on a rant, but it's just a big deal there. I tell you what, I am going to, we got a bunch of questions here. I'm going to skip those because I want to get into these photo reviews and I want you guys, I know you guys are looking forward to it. And so um, anyway, good questions. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to, uh, one more time, if you guys just joined us, 
Um, on um, January 29th at 9 p.m., I'm doing a, a workshop, a Lightroom workshop. It's free, um, but it's not going to be on this um, on this channel. It's going to be the same time that I would normally have the the show, but the, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be on Facebook. It's not. And so, if you want to get to this, if you want to go to this workshop and attend, it's going to be live, interactive. Um, you got to go to photoacademy.com/lightroom. Put in your name and, and email, and I'll send you the link when that's available. Uh, but this is going to be a great thing. I think you guys are going to have a good time, and uh, so I just wanted to remind you about that. Okay. Now, let's talk about photo reviews. So, again, I mentioned before that I look at these not on whether I like them or not. Uh, maybe I may interject some of that. But the main thing I look at is composition, technical, and the subject matter. And what I'm looking for here is do, are they using the language? Are they using the visual language of, uh, to be able to tell, to be able to communicate? The human spirit, the human mind inter, picks up certain clues that we project in an image. And, I'll, and so that's what I'm picking up. That's what I'm focusing on here. That's what I'm trying to tell you is that um, it's, not about, um, it's not about whether I like the picture or not. It's about whether the picture works or not. Okay, so now um, give me a little clue here. So what I'm using, um, one of the things I'm using here is a program called um, um, Affinity Photo. I know some people may want to ask about this. It's not Lightroom, it's not Photoshop. Now I use Photoshop, I, like I said before, I've been using it a long time, I use Lightroom, but I get people that ask me for alternatives. Well, what if I don't want to use Photoshop, what would you use? So I look for a different thing. I've been using this for six months or so. It's an amazing program. I got to tell you, you know, it does every 99% every, of everything I've been able to do in Photoshop. And the other cool thing about it is that um, even I, because I've been using Photoshop for so long, I don't use the menus. In fact, that's the hardest thing you'll probably see when I do the Lightroom workshop is trying to remember where things are in the menu. I use shortcut keys because so they're faster. So, but so when I tried using this program, Affinity Photo, I said, well, let's see what happens if I try a shortcut. All the shortcuts work. I didn't have to learn anything new. That was pretty amazing. And the cool thing is the program is $49. I can't believe it's only $49. Um, and it's fantastic. So I'm not pitching it. I don't make any money by you buying Affinity Photo, but I'm just telling you, if you're looking for an alternative to Photoshop, this would be something to consider. So I, I'm using this for the reviews tonight. Okay, so let's see here. Um, I think I got, is this the right one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it. Okay, all right. So the first one, and by the way, I also do these anonymously. So I don't want to embarrass anybody and I want to make sure, I want to encourage you guys to um, submit your work. Even if it's done on an iPhone, like I said. So this, um, so the two things I look for are the questions I ask. You know, you submit your photos. I want to know um, if you want to tell me what you shot it with in the camera. That's great. That may, you know, I don't really care about that as much, but it'd be nice to know um, because I can kind of then figure out whether the te from a technical perspective. But the other thing I want to know is how long you've been shooting, because I don't want to take a photo of somebody who's been shooting for twenty years and compare that. To something else. So anyway, so this um this is um, BC, and I think uh, BC's been shooting for less than a year. And um, this is the first photo that, that was submitted. 
and uh, it looks pretty good. It's not bad. It's technically it could use some work. Um, and uh, so composition wise, it's um, it looks pretty good. I think you know it's maybe for me. One thing that's pick that's picky for me is um, straightening. So I, I want to make sure that the picture is straight. And um, so I'm, I think it's pretty straight. I think it may be an optical illusion because of the foreground. Or it could be there that the building's a little curved. So if you look there, that straightens the curve, but then that makes the horizon uh, un, uneven. So, um, so anyway, but the, um, that looks pretty good. Um, again, you look at the rule of thirds here. We've got a, the the. Um, it's nice that they um, position the building over here to the left, um, and so it's not square smack dab in the middle. And then also the horizon line is pretty good. So, in other words, you, the the mistake a lot of people make is that when they is they shoot a picture, they put it right in the middle. They put the horizon right in the middle, and that's not what you want to do. You want to decide is the sky the most important thing. Or is the foreground the most important thing? So on this one, um, you know, the composition looks pretty good. It's not too bad. Technically, it could use some work. Um, you know, this is it's a little, this is blown out, which is fine. But um, and this is a little too dark for me. You know, and as far as so here's what happens. This is what I'm talking about. The human eye immediately goes to the brightest part of the scene. So if you if you can't help but cert, but look up here in the top part to see this bright sky, and then also because everything it looks like they've been it's been toned, which is fine, a little brown toning or um, what you, we used to call sepia in the days of film. Um, I guess they still call it sepia, um, and uh, but that's fine. That's not. But but um, so that part you know from a technical perspective. Uh, let me interject, I guess, not just from a technical, from a personal perspective. From a personal perspective, I like a little more dr dramatic. So because the image has the same tones in it, um, it it's kind of hard to figure out what's most important here. What am I supposed to be looking at? And so I don't know where my eye is supposed to look. And that's the most important thing, I think, in a photo is am I supposed to look here? Is this at the building? Is there a, There's no person or anything over here to look at. So what happens is your eye wanders around the frame, and so you're not sure what you're supposed to be looking at. So for me, what I would do if this were my photo, I would come in here and I would probably come in and I'd probably adjust some levels. I don't know why you guys have to work on this screen sharing thing. It's not working right. I would come in here and I would probably um, darken this up a little bit, maybe make the sky a little more dramatic and then what I do now, I don't, I, I never do everything like this to the entire picture. Okay. I'm a big, um, you know, um, I do things in sections. So what I would do then is, uh, I want to invert that. Sorry. Um, what I want to do then is I want to mask, um, this here. I'm going to have to do this backwards, I guess. Um, sorry. I don't know this program as well as I'd like to. Here, let's delete the mask and add another one. I think I want to add this one. There we go. Okay. So what I'm doing here is if you can see on the right, this mask blocks everything out. So then what I do is I go over and take a paint, a brush. And then what, for, this is the way I would do it. I would come over here and take a really soft brush with white and I would paint 
where I wanted to darken the sky. Okay. Now this is a this is where it gets to be a personal preference, okay? This is the aesthetic part. So there's no right or wrong here. So BC, you do this the way you want, okay? I there's no it's only completely up to you. I can't tell you how to make this look the way you want it to. Uh, this is just the way I'm at this point I'm just doing personal preference. Okay, so that's the way I would do that. And again, I'll show you what if I turn it off. That's what it looks like before. That's what it looks like after. And I'm just, is just a quick job here, okay? So you could go in, you could add some of this. So I could add an, the other thing you could do is you could do an add an adjust, another adjustment layer and you could bring up the exposure or the brightness, actually not the brightness, that's not what I want. Um, you could bring up the exposure and you could, I'll show you how this works here. Uh, maybe a little bit like this, maybe. Okay, same thing. So I bring up the exposure. I then take and put a mask on the exposure. All right, and then I come over and with, and I paint, make my brush a little smaller. I could paint in here and raise up the exposure on the foreground. So this would be one way of doing this if you wanted. So you can see, again, this is just a rough version. I'm not spending a lot of time on this, but anyway, so I'll make a copy of that and I'll put that on the top so you guys can see what it looks like. So that's the before and that's the after. You know, it's up to you. Again, it's very personal preference. Again, I didn't do a great job on this. It was real quick and dirty, but that to me, from my my aesthetics, makes it, instead of it, I'm not, it's a little looking flat, kind of everything goes on. But here, now I now, now the, the building becomes more, of an important part of the frame. Uh, it's more dramatic. I now know it was cloudy and rainy and that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's just my opinion. Again, you guys have to do what you want, but so I'd say it's a it's a pretty decent picture. I, I'm what I'm curious about. Which I should start asking you guys to put include this. What is about this picture you like? You know, why did you what What was the reason you shot the photo in the first place? Um, what was the reason you shot the photo in the first place? What is it telling you? Now here's, again, I don't want to get too high in the sky or, you know, touchy-feely about all this, but what I've discovered is usually when I approach a, a subject and I take a photograph, there's something there that appeals to me. The problem is I don't always know what it is right away. And that's why I kind of have to move around the object or the subject and take it from different angles and maybe even revisit the subject. And, but what happens is there's something going on. There's something there that you draw, are drawn to, but you may not know what it is. And what I'm trying to get you to do is get in touch with that. Listen to that, learn what that may be and try and analyze why do I like this picture? And it's the same thing, look at other people's work and, and look not to copy it, but just say, what is it I like about this picture? Why am I drawn to it? And what you'll find is there's a certain style you'll tend to, to be, look at the same kind of pictures over and over. It's like music, right? You listen to jazz, you're like jazz, per, you're a jazz person or you're rock or hip hop or whatever it may be. But the point is you're drawn to certain kind of music because you like it. You may not know why you like it. You just, oh, I like the beat. Okay, well, that's not, I don't think, I think you'd fail music theory if that's all you said in your professor's class. But anyway, the point is try and get in touch with that because that will make your images better and you'll learn more 
you try and figure out what it is about the image that you like. So anyway, um, let's see. What Mario? Mario has a question here. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, Mario? Thanks for joining me, buddy. Good to see you. Um, Mario wants to know, is this OG Photoshop? <laughs> Oh, OG photo. That's pretty good. I didn't. I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah, not original gangster Photoshop. Old guy Photoshop. <laughs> oh, you guys are great. I love this. Uh, okay, and uh, my buddy James. Hey, James. Nice to see you too, as well. Is this? It's the magic in the dark room, and he's right. You know, look. I don't. I, I'm a big Photoshop mini guy. I totally believe that the, that an image is fifty percent capture and 50% post-processing. Now, don't get me wrong. That does not mean I'm saying that you fix it in Photoshop. I'm saying that that's the capture part. You want to get the picture as perfect as possible in camera. And the reason is, what I like to tell people is nobody got into photography going, oh, great. Now I get to sit in front of the computer for three days editing pictures. I can't wait. No, nobody. That's not why we got into photography. We got into photography to create, but the point is that the post-processing, excuse me, the post-processing is the other half of the equation. A lot of times for me, I if I can, it's the client not pushing me for too much time, when I shoot, or, or if it's personal work especially, I'll shoot the image, images, I'll import them, I'll look at them on the computer. Did I get them? Are they there? Yes, great. And then I don't look at them, at least a week if I can. I will come back to them a week later or more and then look at them and then edit them. And what I've discovered is I'm much more objective about my work than when I first look at it. Because when I first look at it, it's fresh in my mind. I was just there. I remember oh, it was raining. It was this, it was that. And I'm thinking about all these things it took to get the photo. But later on, I'm, I have a fresher perspective. And now I'm looking at the, at the image to see if it works or not. So that's a technique that maybe works for you. But definitely um, the post-processing is where I decide how the picture makes me feel. Okay, I'm a, here's an ex a perfect example. Um, and that is that white balance. Okay, I, I showed you the chart. Okay, I have another small one I carry around. I get a, I take a shot of that first thing get a super accurate white balance. Bring that in when, when I'm done process, when I bring the images in, bring them in, white balance them. Okay, great. But what I've discovered is an accurate white balance sucks. Actually, a white, a perfect white balance is ugly. It's sterile looking. Now, the only time I will do that, I take that back, is where I really make, is if I'm doing product photography or something that needs to be color accurate. So if I'm doing product photography and they're going to go in a catalog or a magazine or something, and those pictures are going to be side by side, then they better match. They better look the same. So the blue on the logo or the blue on the, the product better be the right color blue. That's a different issue. But when I'm talking about from a personal aesthetic, when I'm looking at a picture like, you know, like the one I'm doing here, okay, that's a picture I'm deciding how I want it to make. So if I want to make, if I decide... Oh, this is a cool picture, but, you know, and that's a perfect white balance, which it's not, but let's just say it was. And I now don't, but I want to make it cooler. Okay, great. 
That's now a cooler. Is that how you is that how you felt about the picture? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But an accurate white balance may not be what you're trying to represent. Okay? So accuracy is good to get it right to start it, okay, but not necessarily how you want to um whoops how you want to um, make the picture finally. You really want to make, you want to decide aesthetically, you're an artist, okay? Photography is an art, regardless of what anybody says. It's not about megapixels and ISOs and apertures. It's about art. And so you have to decide on what it's going to look like. That's the personal part. Anyway, I think I'm winding up here. I'm sorry. Okay, so let's look at another one. Um. So here's an image that was taken. This is by M.A. I think M.A. has been shooting for quite a while. I think M.A. I have, I think, five years or less here. Um, interesting image. Um, so compositionally, it looks like it's pretty good. It works pretty good. Um, you know, it's not in the center. Um, you probably can't see these lines here, but there's, so the, the, the branch and the kids are here on the, on the lower third of the frame. Um, you know, the only thing is on the composition, there's a lot of stuff up top. And so my eye is drawn there, the white space or empty space as it's called. I'm drawn to that and I don't, and I'm not sure what happens in my eye. I look at this and say, okay, this composition Am I, is there something there? Is there a bird there? Is there something I'm supposed to be looking at? Because that's typically what will happen. Now, you got this guy over here on the left. This is kind of interesting, kind of an interesting thing. Also, I probably would suggest from a composition-wise, you maybe bring it in a little bit. So you're kind of bringing the viewer in a little closer to what you really want them to see. Okay? Now, that may, be, that may work a little better from a composition-wise standpoint. Um, you know, now you can see the, this over here, you can now tell there's a kid over here and see they're playing. Um, so it's a little more, I think this does a little better job of drawing me into the picture. The other one's a little wide, which is fine. Um, but the, I would say technically the problem with the image and what doesn't work about it is there's just too much. It's just too busy. Um, there's just a lot going on here. And again, um, the, the whites are a little blown out from a technical perspective, not too bad. You can look at the histogram over here on the right, you can see. Um, and, um, but, so that would be one thing that maybe um, is a problem with it. And that is that it's, um, it, um, it's just from a, from a standpoint of, there's just too much going on. Photography has a lot to do with eliminating, by the way, um, you know, and, um, so it's hard to say, you know, it would be interesting. Let's just see what happens if we do this. We take this here and just crop this in, just take him out just for the fun of it. Um, let's see what this looks like. This works any better. Mm, maybe. It's um, compositionally, I think it works a little better that way. Um, you know, now I'm now I kind of see what's going on. It looks like it was also, and now granted, this is you know only on nineteen on Facebook we're only looking at seven twenty p, and on YouTube we're only looking at ten eighty. 
So the resolution is not real great, but it looks like it was also cropped quite a bit before he was sent in. Um, so I don't know. It's, um, it definitely looks like it could use some work there. Um, I'd say I'd keep working at it. Um, uh, one thing, you know, I mean, you could try and save it a little bit. Making again, if I don't think if you darken the background any, I don't think that's good, you know, and then lighten the foreground, I don't think that's really going to do it for this one. Um, so anyway, so that this one needs some work. Um, I'd say uh, submit another one. I'd love to see some other stuff that you have, but uh, compositionally, it's needs some work, and then technically, it's also um, quite a doesn't quite make it either. Okay. There's another. This one's done by FM. I think, if I remember correctly, I apologize if you guys are watching. These are your photos, but because I forgot to mark down how long you told me you've been shooting. I'm trying to remember some of our conversations, but I think it's uh, two years or less, maybe even less than that. Um, this is a really well done photo. It looks really nice. I like it. Um, and it also technically it works. Compositionally, it works. I, my eye goes right to the center. Even though the eye is in the center of the frame, it doesn't matter compositionally. I know exactly what I'm looking at. This is, again, the bird is on the right um, third of the frame. So it, um, and, and also, it, um, it's nice that it's not cropped the other way because if you cropped it this way, and you had, you know, it was the, the, the beak of the bird was on the left, was looking into outside the frame. That always annoys me. I know it's modern. A lot of people do that nowadays, but it's uh, always drives me crazy. So anyway, I like this. I think it's good. Composition wise, technically it's, it's pretty good. It's, um, it's sharp. Um, I think the, um, the, the, the story or the subject is good. It um, definitely tells what's going on. And, uh, you know, I think you, that you've caught the, um, the bird in uh, an interesting position instead of just standing there, they're in flight. I, I like, I think this one is a, a good image. Good job on this one. Also, the other thing that works about this one is the background because the background is darker. The, 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 um, the bird stands out much further, much more. And that also helps this image work. So good job on that one. Okay. This one is, was submitted by SK. And I don't know how long this person's been shooting. I forgot again, uh, but I think it's a couple of years or a year or less, maybe. Macro photography, boy, a big deal. Macro photography is something I've never really done. The only only macro photography I've done is product photography. So, um, but this is interesting and uh, very. It looks like it's well done. Interesting composition. I guess it's down on the on the leaf like this, um, but um, it looks pretty sharp and. Um, Wow, it's crazy eye on that thing, huh? Looks like it's well lit as well. You know, you know on this one, I might, again, per now, this, so I'd say this is a good image. You did a pretty good job on this one. The only thing I would say from a person, again, now we're going back to personal preference, not, um, not technically, or so this is going to be up to you. But it's the same kind of thing. I'm, my, I would love to be able to have my eye drawn a little bit more to the um, this subject and so for me i would you know i like this is just a technique that i do a lot and so i don't know if it works for you or not but um again so i'm trying to figure out how i draw my the eye my eye to the the uh, subject so i could um 
go in here just a little bit maybe. So if I darken this background a little bit, again, I'll kind of make it, I'll do excessively just so you guys can get the idea of what I'm talking about. Um, okay, there. Um, so again, so I could, I could paint in here and uh, it makes the image a little richer. Maybe crop it a little bit. I don't know. This bottom, this black down at the bottom doesn't bother me. But leave the leave the um, the insect alone. Um, but this would be um, after and before. So you see that I I think the difference is I don't know. In my opinion, it uh, it definitely makes it work. Um, so and um, so let's see. Mario's got a question or a comment here. We got Mario. Mario says, uh, developing a skill set in post-processing is very important. Sometimes I shoot with the intention of knowing what adjustments I'll make in the final product. Excellent point. Excellent point. That's exactly right. Especially if you're compositing, you know, putting two images together, you want to think this through ahead of time. And also framing. Sometimes, you know, you can shoot to the left, you can shoot to the right in the center, not knowing which one you're going to use, but thinking in the post-processing that you may want to be able to do this. I would say a good example of that, by the way, is this is the first photo we looked at and that um, the first photo, if this photo would have, you could have shot two frames. Some people call this HDR, but you could have shot two frames. You could have shot one frame, okay, exposed for this down here at the bottom and then another frame underexposing the sky and then in post-processing, you could put those as layers and then just mask that other one in here instead of doing it this way. And that would be an example of what Mario's talking about, where he's saying, if you do the, if you think of this through and you, the more skills you get in doing your post-processing, then you kind of can think this through, you know what to shoot <clears throat> and maybe how you're going to use it when you go, um, when you actually work with, with it in the computer. So good point, Mario. Thanks. Okay. All right, so here's our insect, and I think this is a good image. I, it's interesting; uh, draws my attention. Um, there's, uh, you know, I kind of like the uh, the fact that it's um, it's kind of going downhill. I don't know; it's interesting. It's a little different, um, but that's the that would be uh, my input as far as technical aspect. It's just kind of darken the, the surrounding areas, and then also if you look real, I don't know if you guys can see real quickly. Let's see. Oh, helps if I bring this back up. Um, I don't know if you guys can see real real easily, but when I turn this off, the shadows kind of disappear. But if I bring this in, you see you got this shadow here. Uh, now it looks like it's darker on the body to me. Is that just because of the bun? Yeah, it is. Uh, huh. Let me look at this real quick. Sorry. Yeah. So I probably my mask wasn't done real well. It looks. I just, you don't want again. They want to light. You don't want the mask to. My brush is a little too big. Sorry about that. So you don't want to affect the insect. You still want them to stand out and be brighter, um, which should do it this way. Let's see, yeah, that's a little better. Okay. Anyway, good job on that one. I like it. Okay, uh, we got um, three more. I'll try and be quick about these. Can keep you guys here all night. Okay, this one was submitted by SK as well, and um, I don't know where this. This is a beautiful image though. So, um, 
Boy, not much to uh, say on this one. The image looks good. Technically, it's good. I would say, again, this is something that just kind of bugs me. I don't know why. I'm kind of sensitive to it. Um, and that is that the horizon could come up a little bit. Well, not quite straight. And that, um, so that's a little better. Um, <clears throat> from a composition-wise, it's pretty good. You got a lot of foreground. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if you would frame it this way or not. Again, it's a kind of a personal preference. So if you wanted to do it this way, in other words, it looks like the, the foreground and the, and the um, sky are kind of competing a little bit. But by cropping it this way, then to me, from a composition standpoint, now I understand what I'm supposed to be looking at. The, the, the image says, okay, hey, the thing I'm looking at here is the foreground. This is, and, and the reflection of the sky in this foreground and the smoke. That's what's the most in, in, interesting. But before, without that, um, it, uh, it competes a little bit. So you got, I don't know, you got, in other words, the sky is taking up as much information as the bottom part. And so therefore the viewer may not know, I mean, it, um, what, they're, what you want them to look at. So that's just an option. So anyway, so that's just an idea there. Um, something to think about. So that's with the crop and again, brought the uh, the sky down a little bit to, which definitely says okay the foreground is the most important thing technically it's very very good exposure wise did a great job on that part of it um no problem there again the 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 it's a little crooked which kind of bugs me but other than that <clears throat> looks good nice job way to go sk and sk sent me one more Ooh, this is another one. I haven't really looked at these. I'll be honest with you. I was kind of busy today. I didn't have much time working on a bunch of other stuff. So I, these are kind of first glance. I'm really getting to look at these. And uh, this is, I like this one as well. Nice, compositionally wise. Again, here's an interesting um, lesson in this one. Normally you don't put things in the middle. Again, <laughs> excuse me. Um, normally, you don't think puts in, put things in the middle. Normally, you don't put things in the horizon in the middle. But in this one, it works. Um, and the color is nice. It's uh, technically very good. We got this green part going on here with the uh, with the um, oak. I think these are um, oak, not oak. What am I trying to say? I know what these are. I can't think of the name of them now. Um, I'm blank. Anyway, um, cypress. I think these are cypress. Um, anyway, so you've got the green of this, and then you're going with the um, the light on the orange of the back here of the. So this is really nice contrast, really good. I like it, and I think uh, compositionally it works, and uh, I think it's a um, nice story as well. Even though there's you know it's nobody in it as a person, I think it's a, a nice image. Works good. Be curious to see what it would look like if there was if you were able to back up a little bit. I don't know if you cropped this or not. If this if you if the top of this tree was all was able to be seen in the reflection but again not that important nice job sk good job okay and i'm not a landscape person that's the, i i photograph people okay so this is our last image and i wanted to i um left it for last this was submitted by hj and uh, hj's been shooting about 5 years or so and they just got a new camera, and so they're playing with it. 
And um, this is a really nice photo. I, again, I'm more lean toward photographing people, so this is my thing. So um, I like the composition. Definitely the composition works. The lighting is good. It needs some work. I'll tell you, talk about that in a minute. Um, but there's some interesting stuff going on here. Um, Story-wise, hmm, might have been kind of cool to have a pick in his hand here. I don't know. That's just me. But it looks really nice. Good, good job on this one. So the, my only um, um, suggestion on this one is a technical one, and that is that um, the face is a little overexposed. So if you look at the uh, up here at the top of the histogram, and I don't know if you guys can see this, and I noticed when I moved the histogram, it didn't it didn't show up on the screen for some reason. When I move it over, you guys can't see it when I do that. Weird. We'll figure that out anyway. But you can see it here. So this is um, the face. The lighting on the face is about way is right over here to the right, and technically this should be about closer to middle mid tone for his skin tone, almost 128, maybe a little more. So if you add a layer here, the only thing I lowered was actually it was a little more, I guess. Now I got to fix it. I'm got to work on that brush. Um, so um, this and now if you look at the, the histogram, the skin tone is down here. The lighting is about right here where it should be. The only problem is I noticed that it seems like for some reason the uh, mask um, is getting, it looks like it covered, it, I'm painted over some of the, um, for some reason, some of this, the guitar, and you don't want to do that. So, um, whoops, wrong brush. Um, yeah, you want so I didn't want to adjust the, the brush or anything on the guitar. I think the guitar was fine. Yeah, here we go. Let's lighten that back up. And in fact, you want that. You might even be able to add a little more detail in there as well. Um, you so you could come up on that. So that's bringing it down. That's why. Um, but anyway, and then you, so with the face is the key there. See, if without Without the exposure adjustment on the face, it's a little overblown. It's about a stop, maybe three quarters of a stop overexposed. Maybe this is just a little too much, actually, my, too low for what I'm looking at. Come up a little bit more. But anyway, uh, the point is, what I'm trying to get you to look at here is mainly the composition and the lighting. Um, he told me, he or she told me, that they, were, um, they used a window that was nearby and they put some, um, um, you know, not sheets, but just some diffusion in front of the window and that's how they created the image. So um, nice job, just very, very nice job. Just a kind of a quick lesson here, just kind of show you guys something. If you look at, um, let's see how you zoom in on this thing here. Um, let's see if this works. So if you zoom in, okay, what I'm one of one of the techniques that I do quite often in looking at images, and we're going to do this. I think we're going to do this on a show sometime. I'd like for you guys to actually. I was going to mention it. Submit your favorite photos, your favorite lighting photos, and then let's break them down and see how it was done. But if you look at this image, when I want to look at the and I want to look at the lighting and examine how somebody did something, the first thing you do is again. You look at the shadow and you can see it's definitely lit from one side. You can see how the shadow is here. Excuse me. The other thing is you look at how, how the transition of the shadow. It's a pretty hard shadow. Okay. 
So it's a fairly, even though it was softened, it was still a pretty hard light. And then the other thing you look at here is look at the catch light in the eye. So this will tell you, so you can see now that it was a big, big window light right there. Um, and that was the light source. So now I know it was one light. It was a very large light source and it was coming from the left side. I mean, obviously you can see it's the left side, but you can tell that. Also it looks like maybe there was a TV or another window on, uh, on in the other over here as well. But that's one of the techniques you can use for breaking down an image to determine whether, you know, to kind of help you analyze how a shot was taken. And then, you know, again, you can kind of look at the shadow here on the hand, and that'll kind of give you an idea about how what, how big the light source was. If it's a small light source, this will be a really, really dramatic, dramatic shadow. If it's a super large light source, it'll be softer. Now, keep in mind that one of the things that um, is um, is that there could have been some Photoshop done or also... The light source may be large, but it has to do with how close this object is to the light source. So the closer or the larger the light source is to in relationship to the subject, the softer it will be. So it's not just having a big light source. You have to be relatively close to it. So anyway, um, let's see what we got here. Um, whoops. So somebody has a question. All right. So Aaron asks. Aaron asks, what beginner, what podcast beginner startup education would you recommend to build your portfolio? Um, boy, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, there's one called, um, well, it wouldn't be for your portfolio. It's, um, um, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm embarrassed to say I don't listen to too many photography podcasts anymore. Um, it's not that I can't learn anything. It's just that I'm focused more on uh, building education information and things like that and building the mechanism for doing that and coming up with a structure for teaching. So I tend to be able to, in the last year, spend most of my time doing that, not looking at other photography stuff. So sorry, I don't really have any, but there's a bunch of them out there. I'm sure somebody can recommend some. Leave a, you know, maybe someone will answer the comment there in the, uh, in the group and see if that, uh, that helps. So. Anyway, okay, so I guess that's the uh, it for the questions. Hey, listen, great questions, guys. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, um, and I appreciate you being here. And again, I'll tell you again, if you want to support this effort and and help me motivate me to keep doing more of these things, because it's a lot of work. I got to tell you, every week I never know if it's going to be working or not. And even though I don't touch anything, well, that's not true. I'm always messing with stuff. I did redid my lighting recently. You probably can't tell. Um, is the um is to share this with other people. If you have other photographers that you think would benefit from this, I'd really appreciate sharing a link or letting them know about it. I saw a number of people, I think it was um, Karen posted something on her page about, it was really nice that she did that and I appreciate that. So let other people know what we're doing. If you're interested, um, also join the, um, the Photo Mentor Facebook group. Again, it's going to groups and it's, um, you can just do Facebook, dot com slash group slash photo mentor tv all one word and that'll take you to the group you can do an invite there um it's a little different like i said before you're going to find i when i reply they're pretty wordy replies i'm not going to say here's yes or no 
when I take the time to give you some information, I want to give you the backstory and the information of why I'm telling you what to do what I'm doing and or that I'm telling you why. And so that's the other thing. Also, there's going to be a lot more tutorials. I've got a few tutorials on there from last year, but I'm going to really rank, crank that up this year. I've got a whole list of things to do. One of them is histograms, by the way. I think we really need to um, work on that. So, um, again, just one last reminder. If you're interested in uh, Lightroom at all, uh, consider um, signing up for the uh, free Lightroom workshop. It'll be on Friday, January 29th at 9 p.m. It will not be on this page. It's, an, it's the same time as the, um, the Photo Mentor Q&A session, but it is not on there. It's, I'm just going to use that time slot do this um, and then I'm thinking about having a replay or doing it again on Saturday if so if Friday doesn't work let me know I think when I, I think I set up a checkbox you can say oh you, you're interested in Friday or Saturday if I get a lot of people interested in Saturday I may actually repeat it live or re at least replay it one of the two um, because I think you guys will get a lot out of it but I want the, the Q&A is important to me because I want to get your questions answered Look, I'm not interested in hearing just rambling on about stuff I know. That's why this is called a Q&A session, because I want to hear what you want to know. Um, and um, that is um, why it's important to me that you guys um, hear. And uh, Sharon Hallman. Hi, Sharon. Nice to see you. Thanks very much for joining us. Sharon is a great... You want to see someone that's a great photographer. This woman is fantastic. I don't even... So I don't want to embarrass you, Sharon, and I don't want to brag on you a little bit, but this woman is so I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't use her name very often. I shouldn't call her out because I don't mean to embarrass her. But let me tell you something about this woman. Um I started helping her a couple of years ago and she really didn't know anything about photography. Um and I started helping her and she is one of those people that I love because there are two kinds of well, three kinds of photographers. I, I put them in categories. There's photographers that are get into this because of the technical stuff. They love all the gizmos. They love aperture, all the stuff. They that just what why they're drawn to it. They got to have all the gear. There's then there's a second kind of photographer which is kind of like me. I, I'm I, I love the gear and stuff, but I'm also on the artistic side, and I struggle. I go back and forth. I'm always struggling with trying to be more artistic, more creative. But Sharon is totally the artist. And I love that about her. Not that she doesn't understand some of the technology, but man, you look at her pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh. This, and, and she'll shoot stuff with an iPhone that blows me away. So the woman has an eye, which is my big thing, by the way. And I'm going to be talking more about this later on. And that is learning to see. Learning to see is the most important thing you can do in photography. It's not about the camera you have. It's not about how much it's, it's learning to see. And Sharon has an eye for photography. She can see stuff that I can't see. That will be side by side do, out doing photos and she'll come up with stuff. So that's where you want to be. I would love to be more like that. And I think that's where you need to be as well. So when I talk to people about don't worry about shooting on manual or what kind of camera you buy, what I'm trying to tell you is work on learning to see, learn, work on learning to tell a story first, then worry about the gear. And Sharon is one of those people that's that. She's a true artist and I admire what she does. Her work is fantastic. And um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, you shouldn't, by the way, she says she's blushing. I don't, it's, hey, look, 
I love encouraging my friends. It's, it's one of my favorite things. I love seeing my friends successful. And I consider all you guys my friends, by the way. So it doesn't matter if we've only met once or, you know, just chatted. Look, I, I want you guys to succeed. I love that. I love seeing that. That's why I do this. And Sharon is one of those people that's, that's just a fantastic artist. And I'm going to get her involved. We're going to look at her, some of her pictures sometime. We're, we're talking about doing some things together. And I think you guys will agree with me when I show you that. Anyway. All right. Well, I've gone a half an hour over. I hope you guys don't mind. But again, it was important that we cover all this information. Uh, I enjoyed it. Welcome to 2021. I'm I'm a half guy, a half full kind of guy. I'm sorry. I just think 2021 is going to be a great year. And I think it's what you make of it. Um, look, life throws bad things at all of us. And it's not whether you get those or not. It's how you deal with them, in my opinion. And so I think it's just a matter of what we're going to deal with this year. And um, so just go out and shoot, be creative and, um, you know, hey, so again, so we'll see you next week. And um, next week is um, what we're going to do next week. I don't know where we're going to, I forgot. I'm coming up with some ideas, but so join me next week again. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. And a happy new year. Oh, 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 oh,